Be inspired by the best sales professionals, sales leaders, and coaches in the world of B2B sales. From IT services, medical devices, through to coaching and consulting companies, these principles will help you accelerate your sales performance and growth. Using models from the best-selling book, Inspire, Influence, Sell, and award-winning programs from Focus for Growth, you'll have the inside track on the psychology, skills, and systems used by the world's best sales teams. We'll hear from some of the best sales leaders from some of the fastest growing businesses in the world. They don't achieve record-breaking growth by chance. They have a proven sales and leadership approach and a laser focus on growth. You can hear exactly how they do it, one conversation at a time. This is the Inspire Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Lee. Welcome to episode four of the Inspire Sales Podcast. We are four in. If you haven't listened to the back catalogue yet, please go back, start at the beginning. Episode one, we talk about some of the key insights for sales, what it takes to be successful in sales. Episode two, we start to really look at mindset and how we create this success mindset, growth mindset for sales. Episode three, we looked at structure for planning an effective territory and, and thinking about principles of planning. We also looked at the customer journey and how our sales process aligns with that. And today we're going to look a bit more at reasons why the customer should see us and start to think about the key messages that we deliver to customers. And the reason we do that is because it's harder than ever now. As a sales professional, it's harder than ever to get hold of customers and get customers engaged. And there are a number of reasons for that. Certainly since uh, the pandemic, global pandemic in 2020, 2021, there's just more noise, more people working at home, more people have more time. So the number of emails increased, the number of social media messages increased. If you're on LinkedIn and Facebook, you, like me, I'm sure you receive a plethora of messages that are kind of unwanted most weeks. And what we find is that that has created this incredible noise for key decision makers and customers. So if we don't have a really strong, compelling cut through message, we just get blocked or deleted or ignored the same way that all of these spam messages get completely ignored. And so our job is to think about how do we create something more valuable for the customer in those early stages? How do we create a cut through message that really does resonate? I've got this quote that I often cite to myself, actually, as a reminder to me and my team that if someone says they're too busy to see us, it's a true reflection of their own perception of our value. And so we have to increase the value perception early on. And we won't talk about marketing in this podcast, but some of the things that we do in the Focus Growth Organization, we actually use assets in our business, key assets to start to increase value. And this podcast is actually a great example of that, where we start to be able to provide free gifts in the form of these assets to customers so that when we're engaging with them, they're not just getting a cold email to say, we'd like to come and talk to you about our portfolio. Actually, we can and point them to free resources that start to add value so they can get an experience with us early on in the cycle. But if you think about key messages, one of the things we talk about, we talk about three principles in terms of engaging customers. And lens that we look at this through is the reason why your customer should see you. Why should your customer spend time with you? When you think about it, customers can only do one thing at a time. Any of us can only do one thing at a time. So if they're spending time with you, they can't be doing something important in their business. And once you start to recognize that that's a trade-off, someone's trading valuable time working on key projects in their business for time with you as a salesperson or an account manager or a key account manager, then it starts to give you a renewed 
perception and the value that you have to create in order to get that customer engaged. So we talk about three principles that really help. The first one is we started to talk about, which is to think about the customer only. Don't think we talk about this customer first mentality. Actually, I would go one step further and say it's about thinking early on in the conversation with the customer, thinking about the customer only. So instead of customer first, customer only. And what that means is that we start to see things completely through the lens of the customer. What is happening for them? Why would they want to spend time with us? What are the other things that are occupying their time? What are the key challenges they're facing right now? And how can we start to talk about that rather than what it is that we are trying to position with the customer, especially in the early stages, as I say, especially early on? And then the second principle, so we think customer only, and we've done our research, the plan from the previous episode starts to arm us with some of that information. The next element is then to think about outcomes and not products. So nobody buys a product with the intention of having that product you know, of its own virtue. People buy products, services, solutions because of the outcome it generates for, because of what it creates for. That's really important to get that distinction. Nobody buys the product, they buy the outcome of having that product. So we start to think not only customer, customer only, we start to think about the outcome of what we do six to 12 months down the line, rather than thinking about what we want in the early stages for the customer. And that outcome-based thinking starts to change the language that we use with customers. Rather than talking about our products, we start to talk about the results that they can get or the results we can start to imagine that they want to generate for their business. And then the third principle we call the power of peers. And that is referencing other customers who are already getting that same value from you. And what that does is starts to give external validation to the message that you give to a customer, creates a level of authority for you. And then three things, you get this messaging right, three things happen for the customer. The customer starts to get more curious about your proposition about what you could be able to do for them. And remember, at this stage, you haven't mentioned your proposition. You've just used these three principles. The second thing that happens, when, especially when we use the power of peers, is that customers start to get reassured. So there's this thing that happens when we see other people getting results with an organization. It gives us confidence that we could get the same results if we were to proceed with that customer or that supplier, I should say, if we were to proceed with that supplier and take the action that we need to. And then the third thing that starts to happen if we get this if we get this messaging right, is that the customer can start to feel as if they're getting left behind by not working with us. So if they think either their competition or other people in their marketplace are getting value from us, outcomes that they're not getting today, then they'll start to fear getting left behind. And this fear of missing out is a big driver for a lot of customers. So we start to move the customer in these early messages along the sales process. Remember our customer journey, we want to get people moving from unaware to attentive and from attentive to interested. These messaging, these principles around messaging are how we do it. These are reasons why the customer should see us. So those three principles, just kind of summary of those three principles. Number one is about being able to think about the customer only, move from our own perspective, think about customer only, not just customer first. The second is then to think about the outcomes we generate for the customer, not the product, not the market, but the outcome that, that, that we could generate with that customer. And then the third is the power of peers other customers who are already getting that same value from us and being able to articulate that in a way that's really compelling for a potential customer. And if we follow those three principles, it can be really valuable because the potential customer starts to lean in to that messaging. And these are all born, remember, out of, that, out of the planning principle, the planning structure that we talked about in the last episode. 
So once we've got the customer engaged, our, our job in these early stages, just start to craft out some of these messages. Start to, if you're looking at your current email sequence, you're looking at the current way in which you're engaging customers and you're not having the same level of impact you'd like, just sense check your messaging. Are you talking a language that is customer only? Are you focusing on outcomes rather than products? And are you referencing the power of other customers who are already getting value from you? Are you doing that? Just have that three, almost like three checkboxes. Yes. Is it customer only? Is it outcome focused? Are we leveraging and referencing the power of peers? And you'll be surprised at how it's really easy to slip into bad habits, to start to talk about our products, our customer, our own business, what we do, our team, and really customers get quite turned off by that in the early stages. They might be interested in that later on, once they're at the desire stage and they want to have a conversation about the solution. But early in the process, when they're only at interest or awareness, we have to be talking about language that resonates for them. And I know this is quite straightforward, but for a lot of organizations, it's a, it's a really easy trap to fall into. So let's imagine we've got the customer engaged. We've done that through clear messaging. And then we start to, we would start to kind of tee up a meeting and perhaps think about, okay, how do we engage the customer in a meeting? I'm going to talk you through some key principles of rapport. And many of you will have seen this, or you'll be aware of what rapport is, but I'm just going to talk you through it because there's some things that are really quite interesting. When we think about rapport and engaging customers, this is, so for us, this is the heart of the sales model. We should always maintain and have rapport with customers. And the thing about rapport is that it's largely unconscious. And what that means is that we don't think about whether or not we like someone or we engage with someone. It happens naturally and unconsciously. So it's more intuitive than it is conscious and deliberate. So it happens without us really knowing it. And what rapport is, if you look at the dictionary definition, rapport is the ability to relate to other people in a way that creates a level of trust and understanding so that it forms the foundation of a positive relationship. Now, in sales, that's critical because people won't buy from somebody they don't like. You know, think about your own sales experiences as a customer. You won't buy from somebody you don't like. And if you do buy from someone you don't like, it's because you really want the product and you don't feel as if there's any other option. And long-term, for many of us in B2B sales, actually, we've got to establish long-term relationships with customers. We talked about wanting this lifelong loyal client in the last episode, and that's so important. So rapport creates uh, the opportunity for us to make that happen. So we know what it is. And it's really important in sales interactions, particularly because it enables us as sales professionals and our customers to gain unconscious agreement and acceptance. I'm going to say that again. In sales interactions, it enables us as salespeople, sales professionals, and our customers to gain unconscious agreement and acceptance. What that means is when we've created a relationship with a customer, the customer is much more likely to want to agree and accept our proposals. Without the rapport, they're much more likely to resist and be defensive. So rapport is a critical part of sales. And it's critical for engagement. It's critical for influence. It's critical to gain commitment. It's critical for good communication and for high performance if we want to be high performing sales professionals. And, you know, you're listening to this because you want to be a higher performing sales professional, as do a lot of our clients that we work with. And what this interesting fact, if you think about rapport and what happens when people form relationships, 
relationships form in one of three ways. So we form a relationship with someone who we think is the same as us or has something in common with us or common interests. And when people are the same as us, we tend to naturally fall into rapport with them. So we do it unconsciously. It's intuitive. Or we like people who are famous in some way, some of people who we respect and admire, that can be a way to fast track relationship. If we have respect and admiration for someone, we fast track into a relationship with them, we just fall into rapport. Now, the challenge as sales professionals is that very often the client or the customer doesn't have that respect or admiration for us in the early stages. So it becomes difficult for us to use that as a rapport function. So the third element of rapport is that we like people who are interested in us. So when someone pays us interest, when someone pays us a compliment, when someone asks us questions, when someone shows genuine interest in us, we naturally form rapport with them. And of the three elements of rapport, the three ways to build rapport, so common ground is a popular one. The respect and admiration is one that is very difficult to do in the early stages, but can be done over time. Long term, it absolutely works for kind of account managers where you've established good, strong relationships with people and you've followed up on your, your commitments to the customer. You've demonstrated you know, high authority and credibility. Great. It works long term. But in the short term, the only way we can guarantee rapport is to be interested in the customer, be interested in the other person and to find common ground. Ground. They're the two elements of rapport that are really important. And when you think about it functionally, actually, it's something you can be more deliberate about in your early conversations with customers. And one of the big mistakes people make is that they think people are interested if they are interesting. And actually, that's not true. So I've seen lots of salespeople in my career. I've been victim to this myself, where we talk too much in those early interactions because we think the customer wants us to put on a show. And actually, they don't. What they really want is for us to be completely interested in them, to make them the show, to make them the star of the show so that they become, you know, we start to support them in, in their role and their position. That's what establishes rapport, not the other way around. So a very easy mistake to make when you're early in the cycle with a customer. And I want to talk to you about this communication mix. If you think about the way that we communicate, there is a study done by Dr. Albert Moravian and his team. They discovered that when you think about communication and what we receive as human beings when someone's communicating with us, they broke it down into three key elements. They looked at the words that were spoken. They looked at the way the words were spoken, the voice, the tone, the pitch, the pace. And then they looked at body language and the importance of body language in terms of how we receive communication. And what they found was fascinating. They found that only 7% of what we receive in communication were actually the words that were spoken. 38% of what we hear and take on board and what influences us is voice and tone, pitch, pace, the way the words are spoken. And the remaining 55%, yes, 55% is body language. And what's even more fascinating is that the 7%, the spoken words, what we actually say is conscious. We think about it. The remaining 93%, the way we say the words of the body language, that's unconscious. That's autopilot for the mind. We're just saying what we've been programmed to say and the delivering in the way that we deliver, the way that we've been programmed to deliver over time. And when we understand that, we think, actually, we talked earlier about rapport being unconscious. When we recognize that a lot of rapport is unconscious, actually, 
what we say in those early stages is less important than the way we say it and the way that we project ourselves to customers. And so when we think about how to accelerate rapport, well, there are three key principles we talk about or three tips for accelerating rapport. The first is thinking about what we project, you know, 93% of what we project leaks out of us because it's unconscious and it's either the way we say things or the way we act and behave. So the first thing we should do is start to manage ourselves. Think about the mindset modules in, in episode one. Start to manage ourselves and, and smile, be warm, be sincere. So when we manage ourselves first, when we go into a situation where we've already got this intention, that starts to leak out of us. The customer can sense that we are warm, we want to be sincere, we want to connect and engage with them, we have their best interests at heart. Just having that conversation with yourself, having that, in, setting that intention going in can be really powerful in terms of developing rapport. The second principle then is, we've, we've talked about it already, is, but is to consider upfront that you are going to listen to the customer, that you're going to be interested, be curious and find common ground. And very often in customers' environments, just looking around their, their environment, whether it's an office, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a laboratory, whether it's a clinic, wherever you're meeting your customer, look around, look for the cues of the things that they're interested in and start to find common ground. And you'd be really surprised how simple that is once you become observant to the environment. But most importantly, listen, be interested, be curious. And then finally, there's this principle in neuro-linguistic programming, which talks about matching people first. So matching the other person, matching the body language, matching the posture, matching the pace, matching the tone of the customer, match them first so that they start to feel and sense the connection and the commonality between you and them. Then start to pick up the pace and improve the pace of what you're doing. And then finally, you'll be able to lead the conversation and start the sales conversation. So those three principles, match, pace, lead, are really important because they help you to meet your customer where they are, then start to progress and move forward. So three key tips for accelerating rapport, smile, be warm and sincere. Second is listen, be interested, be curious, find common ground. And then the third is to match the customer first, then start to pace yourself, then take the lead. And that enables you to go into a much more successful sales conversation. So I hope you've enjoyed this today's episode. We're going to wrap up there. We've covered today not only the principles of rapport and connecting with customers, but also the reasons why customers should see us. Just go through your current sales process, talk to your teams, think about these key principles. Are you effectively delivering on these with every customer in every opportunity that you have? And you will find that as you start to go back to some of these fundamentals, they really do start to make a difference to your sales performance with customers, your ability to influence, engage, and be more successful as you think about your growth plans for this year. As always, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do feel free to share it with somebody. If you'd like to make contact with me, please do. In a few episodes time, we're going to start talking to guests. These early stages are about explaining some of the fundamentals of sales. Then we'll get into discussions and conversations with some of the best sales leaders in the world, which I can't wait for. But for now, we'll go through the basic content. We've got a few more episodes like this, and then we'll start talking to guests. If you'd like to be involved, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully on the next episode. Thanks for listening in. Genuine thanks for listening to the Inspire Sales Podcast. We hope you enjoy learning some of the most cutting edge sales techniques and getting close to some of the greatest sales leaders in the world now and in the future. If you'd like to explore further, please feel free to visit our website, focusforgrowth.co. 
www.sales.co.uk. And if you'd like to take our Sales Acceleration Scorecard and discover your sales and influencing score, then check out the show notes for the link in the bio. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your sales and leadership network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for further guests, or if you'd like to appear yourself, please contact me or my team. You can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. My social profiles are in the show notes, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.